stretch out Yeah, your skin can bring you so much pain Now I hear you say You got the best of both ways Won't you come and take a walk in my shoes And tell me if you take my place Under the Welcome to this very special edition of the Inside Running Podcast, a bit of an emergency podcast after the uh, the recent results, not just in the men's 1500, but there's a lot to talk about. It's happening in the World Championships at the moment over in Budapest, so I thought what better person to talk to about this than my good friend Christian Eurikson from Norway. He's just come off live morning television over there, so about to hear all about that. And we've also got the man fresh off his heart surgery, Bradley Croker, with us for this special patron-only show. Welcome to you, firstly, Croaks. It's good to see your face. Give us a quick update. How are you going? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I um, yeah, pulled up pretty well. Only had to stay in hospital for one night. A um, little bit tender around uh, my groin area where they punctured me to go into my heart. Um but yeah, like it was like I'll talk more about it on the main show. But it was good and bad in terms of what happened to me, and I'm certainly not in the clear. I'm definitely going to have to have sort of more stress testing done and some more procedures as well. Um, it was certainly a weird surgery because I was awake for half of it. Oh wow! Yeah, so they um, were playing around with my heart, adding adrenaline, and I could feel my heart beating at all different speeds while I was awake um bit a bit out of it but aware of what was going on so but i'll chat a bit more about that uh yeah next monday okay and my other co-host for tonight as i said he's just come off uh live television over there in oslo joining us from the capital christian oriksen a big a big 24 hours for running in norway for two different reasons how are you going today and thanks for joining us Ah, thanks again, Brady. Yeah, it's up and down in this athletic world, but uh, I still have to say it's a, it's a good time to be alive with athletics here in Norway at the moment. It's a crazy booming, all TV stations. It's, uh, athletics is suddenly coming up uh, towards against football and yeah, other big sports. So uh, the community loves it and some days, uh, yeah, you have... Uh, Good results, and other days you have uh, Jacob finishing second. So just last night alone, you guys got the 400-meter hurdles gold medal and then the silver and the bronze in the men's 1500. That's a pretty good night for a small nation like Norway. Yeah, it's amazing. And, yeah, we it's not everything that is going uh, straight to the moon. I mean, in the 5,000 meter for women, we have good expectation for Gravdal was... Uh, yeah, was a long way back, didn't make the final, didn't look the best, not performing in the heat. So on the men's side, it have, uh, yeah, it have been good fun. And, and to, tonight, I have to say, or tomorrow morning for your, you guys, it's uh, the 5,000 meter heats. It's going to be crazy warm. And also we have one new guy. He's 20 years old. He's coming from a place where it's, it's like uh, from uh, me coming from the north. It's two meter with snow there, eight months a, a year. And now he is in the final for the 400 meter flat. It's, uh, it's crazy. Hey, you were pretty excited about him. You, yeah, pick, you picked him after star. the heats, yeah. I tell you, his mother is the coach. When your mother is the coach, I really believe. Okay. 
Mm. Brady, do you think Norway also got the Bad Sportsmanship Award last night as well? No, I re-watched it, Croaks. He did shake his hand afterwards. I've watched it a couple of times it, because at first I, um, I, I thought he stormed straight off the track. But um, now we'll get to that. But first up, how do you end up on live television, Christian? Are you just like the man, hey, we need someone to come on and talk about athletics? You're just the, the guy they call up and get involved? Uh, the podcast is with the national TV that yeah. is a part of like the government. So, I mean, uh, the, the guy I have the podcast with, with is, of course, employed by uh, NRK. And this was the other TV station. I don't know. They called me up, asked me if I wanted to join them for, yeah, some TV stuff with athletics. Like, uh, yeah, uh, since we have the podcast and since I have some knowledge and uh, it's easy, it's, it's five minutes away from where I'm living. So... Yeah, it's good fun. I mean, we are talking about a, a crazy boom in this sport also. It's something about running and, and the way people are getting into it. Even in these championships, the number of watching the TV is really crazy. So athletics is, is huge here. It was a crazy boom back when uh, Greta Weitz was uh, running the marathon, winning in 83 when Di Castello won. The boom was crazy, but but now we are back to the same numbers. Two, three million people watch it. That's awesome. So how did you summarize it? I'm sure they asked you today on live TV, like, as a Norwegian, was it a failure for Jakob, but then a massive achievement for Nordhaus? Like, how do you summarize what happened in the 1500 meters as a Norwegian this morning? Yeah, we, we have to split it up to, to two different sections. One thing is to talk about Jakob. The expectations is, of course, high. We are talking about a guy that uh, won the Olympic Games, finishing second last year, the, had an interview where he said, uh, yeah, pretty much that uh, I got beat by people I should beat every day. But uh, the race yesterday, I mean, Crooks also have been in the sport for, for a long, long time. He, Sometimes we are getting a little bit ahead of, of, of ourselves. If you look back to the history with the 1500 meter, it's a crazy sport. A lot of stuff can happen. And, and championship racing is not a diamond league. It's not a pacemaking mm-hmm. race. So we all knew that Jacob needed to, to take this from the front. We knew Josh Kerr, we knew Goose, other people coming from behind. We saw what Jakeman did last year. Kerr is a really good friend of Whiteman. In theory, we, we, we knew what, ha- what would happen, but I thought that Jacob was so good that in the end he would just uh, go away like Hisham El-Gerush did in the, in the glory days. But, but Jacob was not good enough. And the, the interview on national TV yesterday was a good interview from Jacob. He said that today I was not at my best and today I got beaten by a better runner. I've also got a theory, and, and look, I don't know if you two would agree, but I feel like the 1500 since probably, uh, yeah, since the 2019 World Championships, I guess the major championship after that was like the Olympics, but it has been the the most exciting event mm-hmm. in in track and field for a few reasons. One, because it is so global, like, you know, Kenya and also Kenya, Ethiopia, um and Uganda, like they dominate anything sort of longer than 1500. But you look at a 1500 final and you've got, you know, North America represented, you've got Oceania often represented, Kenya, Europe. So it's global. And then you look at the last few years and Chariot was unbeatable there for a period of time. 
um, Jakob then wins in um, Tokyo. So it's almost like the changing of the guard. But then Jakob can only win the fast-paced races, which is Diamond League. He struggles at the major championships. So he's lost last year's world championship, um, lost the world indoors to Tafira over 1500 and lost mm-hmm. again this year. And I looked at a few stats today and when he's run really well this year, he's going through 800 in like 151. One, yeah, 151, or actually one of them was 150.7. The others have been like 151.7. Today was 154. So what I think happens is if his first 800 isn't fast enough, it doesn't sting the legs of the guys like Whiteman and Kerr who are probably better than him over 800. And so what happens in the Diamond Leagues is those guys going through 151, that's that's too hard for them and they don't have the kick in that last 150. But but the problem is it's very hard to go through 151 on your own in, in a championship. Jakob can go through 151 in a Diamond League but do it quite easily because he's got somebody in front of him for that first 800. So I think for him to win these, he has to really run faster in that first 800. Yeah, it's a, a lot of good points here, Crooks, and I really agree. If you look at just the numbers also, look at the last 400. Jakob ran 53.49, but it's not enough. Kerr is doing 52.77. He's running around Jakob. Nuros coming from behind, running 52.61. So, all in all, it's like you are saying, we are talking about races that only Hisham El Girouz have ever done, where we're taking the last thousand meter like a tempo. You just run away from everyone. And in, in Hisham's prime time, he also used a pacemaker in both the final in 99 and in 2001. He had one other Moroccan mm. guy taking it out the first 500 meter like a pacemaker for, for just doing the same as you are saying now. So what we are seeing now, we have seen, yeah, for many years. Remember a guy like McLuffy was winning the Olympic mm. Games in 2012 in uh, in London. What's the same? Really good 800 guy. So the, the event is wide open. And when we are talking about championship racing, it shows once again, this is anyone's game. So, Christian, do you reckon Jacobi needs to do more 800 races to just sharpen up a little bit more? Or, like, I guess that's the problem with the type of training he does. It's very sustainable. It's very aerobic. But these guys like Whiteman and Kerr, if they're still there with 200 to go, if you haven't if you haven't run the legs off them, they're probably going to outkick Jacob because he's not the fastest guy around. He's just an aerobic animal. So does he need to start doing some really, like, you know, faster sessions to help with that? For me, I think what we are talking about now is something that is not possible to train up. We are talking about guys coming from behind that can run 143 for an 800 meter. I don't think Jakob can run 143 whatever he's doing in training. So for me, the answer on your question is that Jakob has just just need to be a little bit better doing the same that he did. He need to just run away. If he not can escape, I don't think he, think he can win. And look back when he won the Olympic Games medal in Tokyo. What happened there was that Chariot was doing all the, the job in front and mm. Jakob was kicking like Kerr did yesterday. Mm. So once again, we also see that 
running in front for a 1500 meter, the last 1000, it's at least one second to gain, to just stay behind. So I don't think Jacob have the capacity mm. of doing the 800 meter job. And I don't think they will think in that direction. They will just think that if I can run 326 in a paced race, maybe I can run 328 alone. And if he run 328 alone yesterday, he will win. Yeah, because he would have, yeah, to do that, he's going through 800, probably a couple of seconds faster, and Kerr yeah. doesn't have that kick at the end. Um, yeah, and also what happened yesterday is Kipsong took the first lap. And also, a lot of times we see the African people, they are fast from the gun. But this time was not really that fast. It was 54. It was not crazy. It's like you are saying, Jakob have been through first 800 to three seconds faster than this. And a guy like Josh Kerr, he will not run 3.28. This was the best possible chance for Josh Kerr. Of course, a good friend of Whiteman did the exactly same mm. thing. And once again, we also have to give credit to Kerr. This man, he knows what it takes to mm. be at the best in the championship. Was third in the Olympics, mm. have always been up there in the final. This guy is really good and knows what it takes to be there on the day. The other thing that it shows is how much the rest of the world has stepped up in that, like, there was a period there where Chariot would run exactly the way that Jakob has been running the last few years, and he would run away with with races because everybody else was running, like, mid-330s, three, mid yeah. and he was running 330 flat or sub-330, whereas now you're, you've got races where you've got eight or nine people running sub-330. So if you're not at your best on the day, you're going to get beaten. And so, because yeah. all those guys are so close now. Yeah, and look, just look back to 2019 in Doha. Chariot yeah. was doing 3:29 on his own, was winning the race with two seconds behind to a guy like McLuffy. And and we can also talk globally what happening in the 1500 meter now. Now we have two world championship in a row with only European guy that is meddling. It says something also about the recruiting from the African nations. To be honest. What we are seeing now is the future. It's no money on the track. It's no money in Diamond League for African people. So they go for road races and they go for longer distance. The 1500 meter now, I'm not sure these guys are a lot better than Steve Cram. Steve Cram still have the European record for a one mile. Sebastian Coe. These guys in 83, probably the same level that we are seeing today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tell me about Noraz. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Like he yeah, nearly, it's very good from he, you. <laughs> thanks. He uh, nearly got him on the finish line there, and he left his run a bit too late, didn't he? Like, he come from a long way back at the bell. Yeah, but but, but it, it's easy to, to look back at the race and say, uh, if Noraz was behind Jakob with 400 metres to go, he would probably win. But because if... Nuno's was behind Jakob 400 meters to go. He had to be in the big pack all the way for the first 1100. Nuno's was staying behind, was no trouble, was doing his own stuff. If you want to have position behind Jakob, you need to fight for your position. So we'll probably be a, a way more tired also. But, but what Nuno's did the last 100 meters was really crazy. Once again, shows what Jack can do. I will not say physically, but mentally with people towards a championship. Jack Ingebrigtsen is a top, top world-class coach. Mm. 
He was a second faster than Jakob, or just over a second faster in the last 100, Nordas yeah. was. He was the fastest 100 in the field. And based on his trajectory, I reckon he will he will beat Jakob soon. I think for a championship racer, and this is maybe crazy to say, but for a championship racer for 1,500 meters, Nordas can be a better guy than Jakob because mm. he had that kind of kick speed in the end but but racing against the clock behind two pacemakers i think jacob will be very hard to beat christian what is the um like what are the message groups like over in norway are people happy that jacob got beaten and nordas come through or they're disappointed or like we were talking about on our show earlier in the week like we feel like yak well i feel like jacob's got this kind of like villain persona now like what what is it actually like over there in norway it's a little bit split i have to say because the mentality in norway is that we are not used to people that are saying i am the best fuck Mm. the rest that's similar to australia yeah jacob has that kind of mentality if you look for us people have that kind of mentality so uh, the interview after the the loss or after yesterday's race was a really good interview from a guy that got beaten by better people. Jacob, he got a lot of respect after the interview. But leading into this race, a lot of people are saying what you are saying. Nuros, the man of the people, coached by the father, might be a perfect revenge. A lot of people. And also in the interview, Narvi is a really, really funny guy. He's He's like uh, this new kind of guy that have all the other stuff that Jacob doesn't have. Yeah, okay. Interesting. So it's been he, a bit of a split. He's quite funny. He is not born and raised in the mentality. We have to remember with Jacob, he was 13 years old. Yeah. Henrik came fifth in the Olympics in 2012 in London. We have a big interview in Norway. They are interviewing Jakob. He's 13 years old and he's saying to his brother, we cannot collect fifth places. Fifth places is not a medal. It's not good. That kind of mentality mm. we have seen from Jakob in, in 10 years. Nuros is completely different. He's, a op- yeah, he's another guy, more smiley, more funny. He said yesterday, oh, you saw who was the fastest guy the last hundred. Wait <laughs> to next year. I will be there. I can win. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I yeah, don't but... like, though, Christian, that um, it's twice now that he's lost at a world championship <coughs> and he's played the sick card. Like, you have to see it tonight, Crow. He did that well, at the world champs was. as well, at the world indoor champs. Well, Remember when he world had COVID? indoors, yeah. yeah. Wasn't feeling very well. And so if he, if he rocks up today and runs the heats of the 5K, it's like, well, in 12.55. Why, why, why are you running? Like, yeah. I am. Um, yeah. the, the, the interview you have seen is probably a bit shorter. The Norwegian interview is quite long. He said that he was feeling really bad two days ago. He waked up today, uh, yesterday. He felt better on the warm-up. It was a little bit sluggish, but still, he, he felt fine. 
You can catch this whole episode, which goes for about 60 minutes, plus all our bonus content, including Road to Berlin, which comes out every week leading up to the Berlin Marathon with Rob Wilson, Jimmy Friend, and Patty Stowe, plus over 145 bonus episodes, including all our Road to catalogs, all our Ask Us Anything episodes. Um, plus you get the early release and the uncut version of this weekly show each week over on patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast thank you for listening Doesn't matter if it don't come back. Under the sun.